you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the summer of 1942, amid the churning gears of a world at war, a sleepy city on the banks of the Volga River was stirred from its slumber. Named after the Soviet Union's iron-fisted leader, Stalingrad was about to become the stage for a colossal confrontation, a clash of titans that would etch its name forever into the annals of human history. This confrontation was not just about territory, it was about ideologies, about the futures of nations, about the very way of life for millions. The Battle of Stalingrad, as it would come to be known, was more than a military engagement. It was a testament to human tenacity, to the lengths a nation would go to protect its people and its motherland, and a chilling reminder of the darkness that war can unleash. As we delve into this riveting narrative, we shall explore the political and military circumstances that preceded the battle, the leaders and soldiers who were thrust into its maw, and the city that was at the heart of it all. We shall unravel why Stalingrad became the focal point of Hitler's eastward blitzkrieg, the significance of this city to Stalin, and its place within the larger Nazi strategy for World War II. Stalingrad was not just a city, it was a symbol, a symbol of resistance, of survival. As tensions mounted, and as war machines on both sides revved their engines, Stalingrad stood resolute, awaiting a storm that would forever change its fate. The thunderous roars of war were not far off, and as the German Wehrmacht advanced, the Red Army braced itself. The stage was set. The curtain was about to rise on one of the bloodiest spectacles of World War II. This is the story of the Battle of Stalingrad, a tale of courage sacrifice, and the indomitable spirit of humanity. Chapter 1. The Gathering Storm In the years leading up to the epic battle, an undercurrent of tension and mistrust seethed between the nations of Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. This unease was exacerbated by a volatile mix of ambition, ideological differences, and a desperate desire for self-preservation. At the helm of these powerful nations were two of history's most formidable figures, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. Adolf Hitler, the Führer of Nazi Germany, was a man who saw himself not merely as a leader, but as an artist crafting a new world order. His ambition was to establish German dominance across Europe, a vision manifesting itself through his aggressive foreign policies and the doctrine of Lebensraum, the need for living space for the Germanic peoples. Hitler believed that the vast plains of the Soviet Union could satiate his territorial ambitions. However, he also recognized the threat posed by Stalin's regime, a diametrically opposed ideology that could challenge his grand vision. In contrast, Joseph Stalin, the general secretary of the Soviet Union, was a man of steel. A pragmatist and a survivor, 
he was all too aware of the menacing German war machine to the West. Although wary of Hitler's ambitions, he was equally concerned about the possibility of a two-front war should the Western democracies decide to confront the Soviet Union. In a bid to buy time, Stalin had signed the Nazi-Soviet pact with Hitler in 1939, believing it would deter German aggression. Yet, beneath the surface, the thunder of war drums was growing steadily louder. In Berlin, Hitler's confidence swelled as he contemplated his next move. His blitzkrieg tactics had overwhelmed Western Europe, and now his eyes turned east. The vast resources of the Soviet Union beckoned him, a siren call to a man consumed by his vision of a thousand-year Reich. In Moscow, Stalin watched the growing Nazi menace with a wary eye, even as he strengthened the Red Army and prepared his nation for the inevitable conflict. Meanwhile, ordinary men and women watched anxiously as the political chess game played out. Farmers in the Soviet Union worked their fields under the watchful eyes of party officials, while factory workers in Germany labored tirelessly to feed the insatiable maw of the Wehrmacht's war machine. Amid the fervor of propaganda and the grim realities of daily life, they could only wait in wonder about the storm that was rumbling on the horizon. As the year 1941 dawned, it became clear that the uneasy peace between these two giants was teetering on the edge of a precipice. The storm was about to break, and its epicenter would be a city on the Volga Stalingrad. The eyes of Hitler were now fixed on the east, where the expansive landscape of the Soviet Union spread out before him, enticing him with the promise of resources and territorial dominance. Amidst this vast terrain, the city of Stalingrad emerged as an objective of strategic importance. Its location on the banks of the Volga River made it a vital transport hub and its factories were key to Soviet military production. But for Hitler, Stalingrad represented more than a strategic advantage. It bore the name of his ideological nemesis, Joseph Stalin. In Hitler's mind, the city was symbolic of Soviet resistance and capturing it would deal a psychological blow to the enemy. The world would see the mighty German Wehrmacht triumphant in a city named after the Soviet leader, a sight Hitler believed would demoralize the Soviets and inspire awe in his allies and enemies alike. Meanwhile, in the Kremlin, Stalin was not blind to the strategic significance of his namesake city. His intelligence networks had been buzzing with reports of German movements and he was acutely aware of Hitler's designs on the east. The capture of Stalingrad would cut off the Volga River, disrupting the flow of supplies and severing the lifeline of the Soviet southern armies. It was a threat he could not ignore. As both leaders strategized, thousands of miles away, the city of Stalingrad carried on with its daily routine, oblivious to the torrent about to descend upon it. Workers toiled in factories, churning out tanks and ammunition for the war effort. Families huddled in their homes their conversations punctuated with worries about their sons and daughters at the front. Yet, amidst the fear, there was also a resolve. This was their city, their home, and they would fight to protect it. Stalingrad, thus, transformed into a stage where two leaders' ambitions would clash, where the strategic and the symbolic intertwined. Every brick of the city would soon bear the weight of these aspirations and every soul in Stalingrad would become a participant in a struggle larger than themselves. 
the stage was set for a clash of ideologies and ambitions, with Stalingrad promising to be a battle of not just armies, but of wills. While the common people of Stalingrad carried on with their everyday lives, unaware of the looming conflict, their leaders, thousands of miles away, were orchestrating the machinery of war. The tension in the air was palpable as both sides prepared for a confrontation that was becoming increasingly inevitable. In the German high command, there was an air of controlled urgency. Hitler's most trusted generals, such as Friedrich Paulus, a meticulous planner with a keen tactical mind, were summoned. They pored over maps and strategized, developing an offensive plan called Case Blue. The objective was clear, seize the city of Stalingrad and cut off the Soviet Union's vital supply routes. Troops were mobilized, tanks were fueled, and supplies were loaded. The German Wehrmacht, an imposing force that had swept across Europe, was now set to march on Stalingrad. Simultaneously, in the heart of the Soviet Union, the Red Army was awakening. Stalin, understanding the potential devastation of losing Stalingrad, called upon his generals, including Georgi Zhukov and Vasily Chukov. Both were known for their tenacity and tactical acumen. They understood that defending Stalingrad would require more than just military might, it would need the will of every soldier, every citizen, to resist the invaders at all costs. An enormous task lay ahead for them. They set to work, fortifying positions, constructing defenses, and rallying their troops. Across the Soviet Union, factories worked overtime, producing tanks, planes, and guns. Soldiers trained in the chill of the Russian winter, their breath forming icy clouds in the cold air. The Red Army was not just preparing for a battle, it was readying itself for a struggle for survival. As these preparations unfolded, the stakes continued to rise. The world held its breath, watching the gathering storm. It was not just the fate of a city that hung in the balance, but the outcome of a war, the shape of the world to come. As spring gave way to summer in 1942, the moment of reckoning inched closer. Stalingrad, a city on the Volga, was about to become the fulcrum on which the fate of World War II would pivot. Chapter 2 The Inception of a Siege The morning of June 22, 1941, began like any other, until the roar of German bombers shattered the tranquility of the eastern sky. Operation Barbarossa the code name for the German invasion of the Soviet Union, was underway. This massive military operation marked the tearing apart of the non-aggression pact between the two nations and set the stage for the eventual clash at Stalingrad. Leading the charge was the ambitious and ruthless Heinrich Himmler, Reichsfuhrer of the Schutzstaffel, SS, a man whose vision of the world was colored by racial purity and German supremacy. The relentless Wehrmacht forces swept across the Soviet frontiers, overcoming the initial shock and disarray of the Red Army. Towns and cities fell like dominoes, with the German forces seemingly unstoppable. But on the other side, amidst the chaos and confusion, emerged figures of resilience. Marshal Zhukov, known for his unyielding spirit, stepped up to the challenge. Stalin, too was quickly gathering his wits, rallying his people with defiant speeches and draconian orders, making it clear that surrender was not an option. 
Yet, the aftermath of Operation Barbarossa was brutal for the Soviets. The losses were immense, millions of soldiers were either dead, wounded, or captured, and large swaths of territories, including important cities like Kiev and Minsk, were now under German control. The Soviet Union seemed to be teetering on the brink of defeat, yet its leadership remained resolute, understanding that giving up was tantamount to annihilation. As the dust settled, Hitler's gaze turned toward a new objective, Stalingrad. His obsession with the city had not diminished, if anything, it had become stronger. Yet, despite the initial success of Operation Barbarossa, Hitler's victory was far from assured. The German forces, though seemingly invincible, were stretching their supply lines and, most importantly, they had awakened the might of the Soviet Union, which was now preparing to defend its motherland fiercely. While the German forces reveled in their initial victories, they failed to recognize the growing determination of the Red Army. The harsh lessons of Operation Barbarossa had galvanized the Soviets. They realized that the fight was not just for territory, but for their very existence. The stage was set, the pieces in place, and the Battle of Stalingrad was now an inevitability. The city on the Volga was about to witness the largest confrontation of World War II. Even as the German Wehrmacht marched towards Stalingrad, the Soviet Union prepared to defend the city named after its leader. The scars from Operation Barbarossa were fresh, and they were determined to put up a fierce resistance. The lines of Mother Russia were to become a wall of steel against the invading forces. Leading the defense was Vasily Chukov, an experienced and tenacious commander, known for his refusal to take a backward step. He had been given a daunting task to hold Stalingrad at all costs. Chukov, understanding the enormity of his mission, started making meticulous plans, implementing a strategy known as hugging the enemy to neutralize the Germans' air and artillery superiority. Around the city, defensive positions were fortified. Red Army soldiers dug trenches, erected barricades, and laid mines. Factories in Stalingrad were converted to produce ammunition and weapons, with workers, including women and children, toiling around the clock to support the war effort. The city braced itself for the approaching storm, its very buildings seeming to steel themselves for the impending assault. Meanwhile, away from the front lines, Stalin rallied his people. His speeches echoed through the squares of Moscow, radiating out to every corner of the vast Soviet Union. His words were firm, they would not surrender. They would fight in the fields, in the streets, and amongst the ruins. Every citizen, he declared, was a defender of Mother Russia. The Soviet spirit was kindled by these words, fanning the flames of resistance. People from all walks of life, farmers, factory workers, teachers, mothers, and even children felt a profound sense of purpose. Each knew they had a role to play in this monumental struggle. Their homes, their families, their way of life, everything they held dear was under threat. And they were ready to defend it. So, as the German forces neared, Stalingrad transformed. No longer just a city, it became a fortress, a beacon of resistance. The defense lines of Mother Russia were drawn, not just with bricks and mortar, 
but with the determination and courage of its people. The city on the Volga was ready to face the German onslaught. The stage was set for the Battle of Stalingrad, a confrontation that would shake the foundations of the world. In the late summer of 1942, Hitler, sequestered away in his East Prussian headquarters, the Wolfslayer, finally gave the order that would propel the world further into chaos. His fingers traced the outlines of Stalingrad on the map before him, the city's name a bitter taste on his tongue. He issued his command with an iron voice, instructing his generals to seize the city that bore the name of his ideological adversary. Take Stalingrad, he ordered, whatever the cost. The order resonated with the calculated ambition of Friedrich Paulus, an obedient general and a tactical savant. As he received Hitler's command, his eyes studied the maps, mentally calculating routes and tactics for the impending attack. He knew the task was formidable, but in his heart, he held the conviction that the Wehrmacht would prevail. The directive set in motion a series of events that spread like ripples across the Eastern Front. Orders flew from the high command to the field officers, who, in turn, relayed them to the infantry. Soldiers armed themselves with rifles, grenades, and a burning sense of destiny. Tanks rumbled to life, their metallic bodies gleaming under the morning sun, while aircraft loaded with bombs took to the skies, their ominous shadows darkening the earth below. Meanwhile, inside Stalingrad, an eerie silence hung in the air. The residents, fully aware of the approaching storm, watched with bated breath. The Red Army soldiers checked their weapons one last time, their fingers tracing over the cold steel, a grim reminder of the imminent battle. Amid the silence, Vasily Chukov, the man tasked with the city's defense, looked over the horizon. He knew the enemy was coming, and he was ready. The fateful order to attack marked the end of the beginning and the start of a confrontation that would forever be etched in history. The stillness of the pre-dawn hours was soon to be shattered by the cacophony of war. The city on the Volga, the fortress of Mother Russia, would soon bear witness to a struggle of epic proportions. The Battle of Stalingrad was about to begin. Chapter 3 The Descent into Battle As dawn broke on August 23, 1942, the tranquil morning skies over Stalingrad were torn apart by the deafening roars of German Luftwaffe bombers. The city's residents were abruptly thrust from their beds as the first salvos of Operation Case Blue rained down upon them. The city named after Stalin was now under attack. At the forefront of the assault was Friedrich Paulus, the ever-dutiful general, leading the 6th Army with precise orders capture Stalingrad. The German infantry, Tanks and aircraft descended on the city in a coordinated symphony of destruction. Buildings crumbled under the intense bombing, streets were churned into rubble, and a thick cloud of dust and smoke blanketed the city. Within Stalingrad, the city's defenders were jolted into action. Vasily Chukov, the hardened commander of the 62nd Army, responded swiftly. He understood that his men were up against a formidable enemy and the best way to fight was to engage them in close-quarters combat, within the city's narrow streets and decimated buildings. Chukov's strategy was born out of necessity, but it also highlighted his ability to turn a disadvantage into an advantage. His men fought from the ruins, 
shooting at the German soldiers from the rubble and the shells of buildings. The hugging the enemy strategy was proving effective, negating the Germans' superior firepower and forcing them into brutal street-by-street, building-by-building combat. Amid the chaos, the spirit of Stalingrad's inhabitants was unyielding. Despite the relentless bombardment and the encroaching German forces, they did not falter. The factory workers continued to produce ammunition even as their buildings were being bombed. Nurses and doctors worked tirelessly, treating the wounded and providing much-needed comfort to the scared and exhausted. The resilience of Stalingrad was becoming a beacon of hope amidst the desolation of war. As the battle waged, the once grand city of Stalingrad was transforming into an inferno. Yet, every pile of rubble became a fortress, every street a battleground, and every citizen a soldier. Despite the overwhelming odds, the defenders of Stalingrad held their ground. They had stepped into the inferno, ready to fight and die for their city. The Battle of Stalingrad had truly begun. As the harsh winter of 1942 set in, the Battle of Stalingrad reached a crucial turning point. The German assault had been ferocious, their forces pushing deeper into the city every day. But the stubborn resistance by Chukhov's 62nd Army had slowed their progress considerably, and the close-quarters urban combat was proving more draining than the German high command had anticipated. Meanwhile, hundreds of miles away in Moscow, a daring plan was taking shape. The Red Army Command, led by General Zhukov, proposed Operation Uranus, a bold counteroffensive designed to exploit the overstretched German flanks manned by their weaker Axis allies, notably the Romanians. If successful, the Soviets could encircle the German forces attacking Stalingrad, a move that would change the course of the battle. On November 19, under the grey winter skies, Operation Uranus was launched. The Soviet forces surged forward with a power and determination that took the Axis forces by surprise. They breached the weakened flanks and started pushing towards each other with Stalingrad at the center, aiming to encircle the German 6th Army. Caught amidst the ferocity of the Soviet counteroffensive was General Friedrich Paulus. His once confident force was now facing the grim prospect of encirclement. The German troops, already weary from the intense urban combat within Stalingrad, found themselves having to defend against the onslaught from the rear. As the Soviet pincers moved closer and closer, the situation for the Germans became increasingly desperate. By November 23, the two Soviet forces met at the town of Kalik, sealing the fate of the German 6th Army. Paulus and his troops were now encircled, trapped within the city they had sought to conquer. Hitler, blinded by his obsession with Stalingrad, ordered Paulus to hold his ground. But with limited supplies and the bitter Russian winter setting in, the German forces faced a grim situation. The tide of the Battle of Stalingrad had turned. What began as a German offensive had transformed into a desperate struggle for survival. The Soviets, from the brink of defeat, had encircled the invaders. The city on the Volga was proving to be a fortress indeed. As the year 1942 drew to a close, the Battle of Stalingrad was far from over. But it was clear that it was no longer just a battle for a city. 
it was a struggle that would decide the course of World War II. Winter descended upon Stalingrad like an unforgiving specter. The city, now a landscape of frozen ruins, lay in the grip of a bitter cold that seemed to sap the life out of everything it touched. Yet, within this icy wilderness, a dramatic siege was unfolding. The encircled German Sixth Army, commanded by General Paulus, struggled to survive. Their supplies were dwindling, and the biting cold was relentless. The soldiers huddled together for warmth in makeshift shelters, their uniforms threadbare and ill-equipped for the Russian winter. Hunger nodded them, their rations meager and insufficient. Every day was a fight against the elements, and their own despair. Despite the dire circumstances, Hitler's order was clear they were to fight to the last man. So, even as the winter chill seeped into their bones, the German soldiers held their ground, fending off Soviet attacks while battling frostbite and starvation. Yet, with each passing day, the situation grew more desperate. Opposite them, the Soviets were faring better, but not without their own trials. Chukov's soldiers had to contend with the harsh winter too. They scavenged for food and fuel amidst the destruction and took shelter in the ruins of the city they were defending. They were tired and cold, but they knew they had the upper hand. The siege was working, and it was only a matter of time before the encircled German forces would have to surrender or perish. General Zhukov, coordinating the siege from the Soviet high command, watched the events unfold with a grim satisfaction. He knew they were witnessing a turning point in the war. His orders to the soldiers in the field were to tighten the noose around the German forces. There was no room for compassion in this deadly game of endurance. The Soviet Union had suffered greatly at the hands of the invaders, and now, it was their turn to bear the consequences of their hubris. As the siege continued, so did the misery for the German soldiers. The image of Stalingrad, once envisaged as a symbol of their eastern conquest, had transformed into a frozen hellscape, a testament to their grim situation. But amidst the desolation, one fact became increasingly clear. The Battle of Stalingrad, the fight for the city on the Volga, was no longer just a battle. It was a symbol of the indomitable spirit of its defenders and a warning of the perils of overreaching ambition. The winter siege of Stalingrad was a stark illustration of the harsh reality of war. Chapter 4 The Turning Tides of War As the siege of Stalingrad trudged on, an indomitable foe was proving even more formidable than the combatants on either side, the brutal Russian winter. The sub-zero temperatures and unforgiving winds gripped the city, turning the battlefield into a frozen wasteland. The German 6th Army was ill-prepared for this ruthless adversary. Their uniforms were designed for the summer and offered little protection against the biting cold. The soldiers huddled in the ruins, their bodies racked by shivers, their breath fogging up in the icy air. Many succumbed to frostbite, their fingers and toes turning black in the relentless cold. This was the Russian winter, in all its merciless glory and it was proving to be a formidable foe. Meanwhile, at his Wolfslayer headquarters, Hitler refused to acknowledge the desperate situation of his forces. His hubris blinded him to their plight, and he insisted they could outlast the siege. He forbade any attempt at a breakout, 
condemning his men to their icy prison. This stubborn pride, this refusal to admit defeat, only served to compound the suffering of his encircled army. Yet, as the Germans struggled against the winter in their own hubris, another force was at play. Across the Atlantic, the Allied nations watched the events in Stalingrad unfold with bated breath. Recognizing the strategic importance of the battle, they ramped up their efforts to provide aid to the Soviet Union. The Allies, particularly the United States and the United Kingdom, had been supplying the Soviet Union with weapons and supplies under the Lend-Lease Act. This support was instrumental in sustaining the Soviet forces during the brutal winter siege. Trucks, tanks, aircraft, food, clothing, and even boots were shipped in, a crucial lifeline for the beleaguered Red Army. This aid from the Allies played a significant role in bolstering the Soviet capacity to resist, and ultimately, to turn the tide of the battle. As the winter of 1942 turned into 1943, the convergence of the brutal Russian winter, Hitler's hubris, and Allied aid set the stage for the dramatic climax of the Battle of Stalingrad. The city on the Volga was still a long way from salvation, but the end was beginning to come into sight. The Battle of Stalingrad was not merely a contest of firepower, it was a chess match of military strategy and tactics that determined the fate of the Eastern Front in World War II. On one side was General Friedrich Paulus, a dutiful officer adhering to the German doctrine of blitzkrieg or lightning war. The plan was to quickly advance, seize key objectives, and break enemy morale. Yet, the urban labyrinth of Stalingrad proved a difficult terrain for such strategies. The rubble-strewn streets and the ruins of buildings made swift maneuvering challenging for the German tanks and infantry. Paulus's opponent, Vasily Chukov, had a different approach. Realizing the strength of the German forces, he decided to let the enemy come in, to hug the enemy, engaging in close combat within the city. This method negated the Germans' superior firepower and turned the battle into a brutal slog of street-by-street, house-by-house fighting. Chukov's tactics took a heavy toll on his own troops, but it also grounded the German advance to a halt. Meanwhile, at the higher echelons of command, another strategic play was in motion. Soviet General Georgi Zhukov, understanding the vulnerabilities of the German flanks, planned and executed Operation Uranus. This masterstroke of strategy aimed at encircling the German 6th Army, exploiting the weaker Romanian and Italian forces on the German flanks. Zhukov's plan worked spectacularly, turning the tables on the Germans. Hitler's refusal to allow a breakout or a surrender, his fixation on holding Stalingrad at all costs, only sealed the fate of his encircled army. The hubris of the German high command was instrumental in the Sixth Army's downfall. At the same time, the Allied aid via the Lend-Lease Act was a strategic move that bolstered the Soviet Union's ability to resist. By supplying the Soviets with essential military and logistical supplies, the Allies indirectly contributed to the turning of the tide at Stalingrad. The Battle of Stalingrad was a grand tapestry of strategy and tactics, with each decision, each move and countermove shaping the course of the engagement. From Chukov's hugging the enemy to Zhukov's Operation Uranus, from Hitler's obstinance to the Allies' aid, 
the many strategic and tactical decisions woven together determined the outcome of this pivotal battle. At the helm of the Soviet Union during the Battle of Stalingrad was Joseph Stalin, a leader as formidable as he was ruthless. His steely determination and resolve played a significant role in shaping the defense of the city that bore his name. When the German forces first set their sights on Stalingrad, Stalin issued Order No. 227, a decree known for its chilling command, not one step back. This mandate forbade retreating under any circumstances without direct orders. It was a harsh decree, one that came with severe consequences for those who disobeyed, but it was indicative of the iron will of the Soviet leader. Stalin's resolve was not just seen in his orders, but also in his refusal to evacuate the city entirely. Despite the risk to civilians, he insisted on keeping a portion of the population in Stalingrad. He believed their presence would encourage greater resistance among the city's defenders. This decision, controversial as it was, reflected the unyielding determination of the Soviet leader to hold the city at all costs. While the battle raged on, Stalin was a constant presence in the war rooms of the Kremlin. He worked closely with his generals, including the brilliant strategist Georgi Zhukov, in planning and executing strategies to resist the German invasion. His involvement was hands-on, and he made key decisions that shaped the course of the battle. One such decision was to approve Operation Uranus, the daring counteroffensive proposed by Zhukov. This plan, as risky as it was, demonstrated Stalin's willingness to make bold moves in the face of adversity. When the operation successfully encircled the German Sixth Army, it was a testament to Stalin's unwavering determination to reclaim his city from the invaders. Yet, Stalin's iron will was not without its darker side. His ruthlessness was notorious. Thousands of Soviet soldiers were executed for retreating or showing cowardice under his orders. This iron-fisted approach was a testament to Stalin's resolve but also a grim reminder of the heavy human cost of the battle. Joseph Stalin's iron will was a defining aspect of the Battle of Stalingrad. His steely determination, his bold decisions, and his ruthless command were instrumental in the Soviets' successful defense of the city. The Battle of Stalingrad was a testament to the resilience of the Soviet people and the iron will of their leader. Chapter 5. The Aftermath and Echoes of Valor the German Wehrmacht was considered one of the most formidable military forces in the world. Its blitzkrieg tactics had brought Europe to its knees. Yet, the Battle of Stalingrad, the brutal city on the Volga, marked a turning point, the beginning of the end for Hitler's army. Commanding the German forces was General Friedrich Paulus, a career officer known for his meticulous attention to detail. Yet, the ruins of Stalingrad proved to be a battlefield like no other. His strategies of swift maneuvering were made almost impossible by the rubble-strewn streets and burned-out buildings. The German forces, despite their superior weaponry and training, found themselves bogged down in a war of attrition. Paulus, bound by his sense of duty, adhered strictly to Hitler's order of holding Stalingrad at all costs. Despite the increasingly desperate situation, he made no attempt to disobey Hitler's commands, even when it was clear that a breakout was the only chance for his trapped Sixth Army. 
the grueling battle took a heavy toll on the Wehrmacht. The soldiers were exhausted, underfed, and ill-equipped for the harsh Russian winter. The once mighty German 6th Army, known for its discipline and strength, was now a mere shadow of its former self. The once vaunted German war machine was being ground down by the relentless Soviet resistance and the brutal conditions of the winter siege. When the Soviet forces launched Operation Uranus, encircling the German 6th Army, it was the final blow. The Wehrmacht found themselves trapped in a vice of Soviet troops, cut off from supplies and reinforcements. Hitler's insistence on holding Stalingrad, combined with the harsh winter and the relentless Soviet attacks, led to the slow but inexorable collapse of the 6th Army. On February 2, 1943, Paulus did the unthinkable. Defying Hitler's order for the 6th Army to fight to the last man, he surrendered. This act marked the first time a German field marshal had ever surrendered. The defeat at Stalingrad was a devastating blow to the Wehrmacht, breaking its invincible image. The breaking of the Wehrmacht at Stalingrad was a critical turning point in World War II. It marked the beginning of a relentless Soviet advance that would eventually lead them to the very heart of the Third Reich, Berlin. The Battle of Stalingrad was more than just a military defeat for Germany. It was a psychological blow that shattered the myth of the invincible German army. The Battle of Stalingrad, the bloodiest confrontation in human history, exacted an unimaginable toll. The cost, measured in both human lives and material resources, was staggering and affected the course of World War II significantly. In the ruined city on the Volga, no one was spared the horrors of war. Soldiers and civilians alike were caught in a storm of destruction that consumed everything in its path. Estimates of the total casualties vary, but they range up to two million, an indication of the incredible scale of human suffering. Soviet soldiers, inspired by a fierce determination to defend their homeland, paid a steep price. Tens of thousands were killed or wounded, their blood seeping into the frozen ground of the city that bore their leader's name. Their sacrifice was immense, yet their courage remained undimmed, a testament to their resilience and resolve. The German 6th Army, once considered the pride of the Wehrmacht, was decimated. Of the 300,000 men who entered Stalingrad, only about 91,000 survived to be captured. Most of these men never returned home, dying in Soviet captivity from malnutrition, disease, and exhaustion. Civilians, trapped in the city, endured unspeakable hardships. Food and water were scarce, shelter was non-existent amidst the rubble, and the constant bombardment was a terrifying ordeal. Yet, despite these hardships, they persevered, contributing to the defense of the city in any way they could. The material cost of the battle was equally enormous. The city of Stalingrad was reduced to rubble, its buildings destroyed, and infrastructure crippled. Both sides expended vast amounts of ammunition, fuel, and equipment. The German 6th Army, in particular, lost a significant portion of its tanks, guns, and vehicles, a severe drain on German military resources. The loss of Stalingrad was a heavy blow to Germany, not just in terms of manpower and material, but also in terms of morale. The invincible image of the German army was shattered, 
and the myth of Nazi invulnerability was forever broken. The human and material cost of the Battle of Stalingrad was immense, but its impact reached far beyond the ruined city. The battle marked a turning point in the war, shifting the momentum in favor of the Allies. The immense sacrifice made at Stalingrad was not in vain, it played a critical role in the eventual defeat of Nazi Germany. The victorious conclusion of the Battle of Stalingrad marked a pivotal turn in World War II. The Red Army, having stopped the German advance in its tracks and obliterated the Sixth Army, began its inexorable march towards Berlin. Post-Stalingrad, the Soviet Union was galvanized, its morale soaring. With renewed vigor and a strong belief in the inevitability of their victory, Soviet troops began to push back the Germans. Led by General Georgi Zhukov, the Red Army began the liberations of cities, towns, and countries that had been under the oppressive yoke of the Nazis. In contrast, the German Wehrmacht was a defeated and demoralized force. The loss of the Sixth Army and the defeat at Stalingrad had dealt a heavy blow to German morale. Hitler's dream of dominating Europe, once seeming so attainable, now began to crumble. One by one, the Red Army recaptured key locations, such as Kharkov, Belgorod, and Kiev. The Battle of Korsk, a significant German offensive after Stalingrad, was repelled with heavy losses on the German side. Each victory brought the Red Army closer to the heartland of Germany. As the Soviet forces pushed westward, they were met with the grim evidence of the Holocaust. The liberation of Majdanek and Auschwitz concentration camps revealed the true horror of the Nazi regime to the world. The shocking revelation further hardened the resolve of the Soviets to put an end to Hitler's reign. By 1945, the Red Army was at the doorstep of Berlin. The city, which had once been the vibrant heart of the Third Reich, was now a fortress preparing for a siege. Hitler, despite the odds, refused to surrender, leading to the brutal Battle of Berlin. In late April, Soviet troops stormed the Reichstag, raising the Soviet flag over the building a symbolic representation of their victory. Hitler's suicide soon followed, marking the end of the Third Reich. On May 7, 1945, Germany officially surrendered, bringing an end to the war in Europe. The road to Berlin, beginning in the ruins of Stalingrad, was a testament to the determination and resilience of the Soviet people. The battle had been won at a high cost, but its impact was profound. It marked the beginning of the end of Nazi domination in Europe, and a significant stride towards the victory of the Allies in World War II.